Hello and welcome to For What It's Earth podcast. Hello. Uh, yes, welcome back to your sustainability and environment uh, podcast with your hosts, uh, myself, Lloyd and Emma. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm Emma. I'm here also. <laughs> and we're joined very, very excitingly this week by a third party. Who else have we got on the Zoom call? Hello. <laughs> Drum roll. That's the, that's the... <laughs> was that was that my cue to go? <laughs> exactly. See, I told you we're, we're terrible at the intros. Um, we, we're joined very excitingly by Youssef Rafiq. So we've, we've got you on the podcast anyway this week, um, not just because we wanted to meet you and quiz you about all of the amazing things you've done, uh, because you are, of course, a zoologist and presenter um, of Bugface and also Wild Bites, both on BBC Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also wanted to drag you into some conversations about insects. We thought we'd uh, pick your brains and um, and have a chat about insects because that's quite a big topic these days in environmental circles, isn't it? They're uh, they're in decline. So it, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a big topic for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready to have my brains picked. Brilliant. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I was going to start with a question about um, the the show you're fronting, uh, Bugface. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to talk us through the the premise of that show? But for the yeah, viewers, so, like the um, listeners who haven't... Give us the elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, um, it's kind of does what it says on the tin. Uh, we get <laughs> we get celebrity guest in. Uh, we have a bug of some sort in a covered-up tank. Um, we get them in. We, we sit them down on the sofa, have a bit of chat, uh, and then we reveal, we take off this cloth and reveal the bug that they're going to have on their face, record their reactions, which are usually brilliant, uh, and then we move over to a special chair where they sit in and recline, um, and then I put the bug on their face and then basically they just have to read off an auto cue. Um, they read some facts about the bugs and we have a bit of um, discussion and, and all this is going on while they're having a bug on their face. So they're a lot of the time screaming. Um, so it's good fun, <laughs> but also hopefully there's an educational aspect um, when we talk about the bugs. It's such a fun format. I absolutely love it. And you get the most incredible bugs on people's faces as well. Like... Oh, talk us through, you've had um, like giant millipedes, mm-hmm. cockroaches. What else have you got in the, in the, in the supply cupboard there? Yeah, well, yeah, we've had all sorts. I think um, one of my favourites was a vinegaroon, um, which is one of the only... So we had a guest on called Stephen McKell. He's, a, he's big on TikTok. Um, and he was one of the only guests that had to wear goggles because these vinegaroons can actually spray this acetic acid. Um, so I guess that was one of the more dangerous insects. So he was quite lucky with that one. Uh, but we've also had a range of different um, praying mantises, things like orchid mantises, a lot of stick insects, millipedes. Um, there's still a few episodes to come out, so I'm careful not to ruin what's yet to come. Of um, course. Also, yeah, there's Ooh, quite a, a mystery. few like, cool things coming. <laughs> so where, where do you get the insects from? Because presumably you don't go out on, a, on an expedition all by yourself every, every episode <laughs> to get them. No. No, we don't. Um, we we have a bug wrangler. Um, so he's an insect breeder. <laughs> he he basically he has loads of insects basically and brings them to set. Um, he he's who most people if they're making a program about insects, he's who most people go to for the insects. So he's quite big in the world of bug wrangling. <laughs> wow, he's really made his niche yeah, there for sure. But um, this is something that you've done on your social media long before Bugface. You, you've actually been quite a big fan of putting various bugs on your own yeah, face. Yeah, I mean, it's never something I um I set out to do. It kind of it kind of just became a bit of a thing. 
Um, so I guess it's the ideal show for me in that in that sense. Um, but I mean, I mean, you make me out to be a little bit of a weirdo there. I don't. <laughs> oh no, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. you're a wonderfully charismatic and perfectly normal man. Um. Um, yeah, no, it's, I've had like snails on my face. Um, I've always I've always had an interest in all animals, I guess. But insects have always been um, one of my biggest curiosities because they're just so weird and so unusual. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, I guess that's the draw for me. But. Yeah, it's a good it's a good fun show to film for sure. I don't recognise a lot of the guests on the show. Like you said, one of them was from TikTok, mm-hmm. and that's an alien planet to me. But you you did have Dick and Dom on, yeah, yes. which really took me back to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it like being them? That was it was pr- and putting a bug on their face. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. It's like this this is the thing when when you meet these people, um, it's it's not exactly the for the first thing you want to that you, like, you don't exactly want to put a bug in their face as like a first impression so it's a bit it's a bit of a weird situation that I never thought I'd be in um but yeah no they were they were really lovely um it was really cool to be able to work with them because obviously they're so legendary in the world of kids tv um so it was it was quite it was quite nice to be able to see how they worked together and how they um did their bits on camera um but yeah they they took it pretty well um dom chickened out a bit he wouldn't have <laughs> the bug on his face um bit of a really? spoiler alert there if you haven't watched it um but yeah um but dick did well <laughs> i'm i'm very impressed actually to be fair i'm almost relieved that we're having to do this interview over zoom because i would be slightly fearful that you might bring some props yeah well I... i'm sure it would make wonderful radio <laughs> but um <laughs> i do have some um giant stick insects you could have had all over your face if you were if I was with you, but unfortunately that can't be the case. <laughs> to be honest, as long as it's not slimy, I, I might be okay. Yeah, I think if you if you came near me with a snail, I wouldn't be quite so um quite so afraid. Okay. No, we've we've not done that yet, but that's a good idea. We should we should get some snails in. <laughs> okay, well let's let's move on from uh, just painting you out as someone who just likes to put bugs on, <laughs> on people's faces because you're not you're you're a keen science communicator and educator. Yeah, you? I like you to just, think so straight up love all animals how did you get into presenting then because of course you also do wild bites Mm -hmm. it's not just bug face um I kind of just fell into it I guess so um back last year I was just finishing off working in a zoo um and part of my role there was to present in front of a live audience so do like animal handling sessions um educational talks as well and after I left there I was sort of that that was the aspect of working in the zoo I enjoyed the most. So I was looking for that kind of role. Um, but I never dreamt that I would be doing this kind of thing. Um, but I saw that CBBC were doing a um, kind of like a round of auditions. So they, they were asking people to send in a one minute video of why um, you should you could be a CBBC presenter. Um, and there were there were there were a few roles going, and one of them was a nature presenter. So I based all my stuff on nature, obviously. Um, and I got through a few rounds, and they invited me to Media City, which is where they where they film it. So I was in the studio, which was really cool, and doing that. And um, sadly, they didn't oh, go wow. ahead with the project, so I didn't get it. Um, but it was it was the thing that made me realise that I actually really enjoy this, and I want to try to pursue it as a career. Um, and then from there, it. I guess there's an element of luck as well and being in the right place at the right time. But I got offered the bug face gig from Instagram, actually. So they found me on Instagram um, and I got that. Um, and then, yeah, Wild, Wild Bites is also on BBC Earth Kids. So I guess I guess that's how they, they already knew me. So they I got that role through there. They that. were like, we know this guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him in. I guess so. But, but yeah, I never really set out to do it, but I'm enjoying it. So that's good. 
Amazing. I mean, you said earlier um, that one of your favourite groups of animals is insects, hence mm-hmm. why you're affronting bug life, uh, bug face. Sorry, um, that's a complete that's a Disney Pixar movie. I've just <laughs> yeah. Um, so why do we? Why should the general public care about insects? Forgive the simple question, but um, I feel it's quite yeah. quite an important one to ask. That's definitely an important question, and there's so many reasons. Um, we could be here all day talking about it, to be honest. But first and <laughs> foremost, like insects are give us the highlights <laughs> yeah the highlight reel um insects are a huge um they make up a huge proportion of the animals on earth um i think we have something like i think there's been like the species that we know of there's almost a million insects in the world which is massive um it's about 80 percent of all the animals we know so and insects obviously form the base of most food chains so if we take out the insects we all suffer basically so even even if we don't consider the other animals that would suffer if we take out the insects on a human perspective we we would suffer too they would ha- they would you know we wouldn't have much food um insects are important obviously in pollination but also things like um waste management um so detritivores and things like that uh, and then if we're talking a bit more broadly than insects but i guess still creepy crawlies things like worms are important because they aerate the soil so they they play a vital arguably one of the most important roles of any group of animal in the whole world so they're definitely important and they should definitely be conserved fantastic i was out um weeding the garden just now and I was very careful to put the worms back so thank you you've made me feel a lot better about myself putting those worms back that's good yeah you've done your bit for the day (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 my one good thing there we are yeah um so you've given us a really good explanation of why they're important um Mm -hmm. but um a lot of our listeners might uh, remember from past episodes, we've spoken about uh, insect decline in the UK and globally. Um, I think particularly last year, there were um, some hard-hitting reports, um, some studies that came out. Um, yeah. For example, 40% of species um, yeah. declining in, in terms of insects. Um, and apparently, I, I didn't realise this, but apparently the rate of extinction is eight times faster in insects than in mammals or birds or reptiles. Um, so given what you've just told us, that's worrying. Um, yeah, quite definitely. simply. So, what? Why are they under threat um, globally and in the UK? I suppose as well. Yeah, again, loads of reasons. Um, they arguably one of the largest is, especially in the UK, the use of pesticides. Um, so, th- so this is one of the things we, I guess, we have to combat if we're going to reverse this issue. Um, we need more sustainable farming practices, in particular. So, the use of pesticides, obviously. Um, they their aim is to kill the the pest species, uh, but in doing so, they also kill a lot of other species that um, I guess you could call innocent. They don't do anything wrong. They're just being killed because that's a consequence of using pesticides. So, if we can reduce that, that would definitely help. Um, so, pesticides is a big one. Also, habitat loss um, and habitat fragmentation, more particularly. Um, the UK is sadly pretty devoid of many natural places anymore like farming and um, housing development human infrastructure in general has destroyed most of the natural habitats we still have isolated um parts of natural habitats but that that's where the fragmentation comes in and habitat fragmentation can be just as detrimental as habitat loss so we need to we need to create more natural spaces um, particularly for insects, but for all animals, um, if we're going to be able to reverse this. Because it's okay saying we want to bring these animals back from facing extinction, but if they've got nowhere to live, then we're sort of fighting a losing battle. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, um, so, so would you say we've been particularly bad at it in the UK compared to other countries? Um, in terms of insects or? In, in terms of, um, for example, you said like use of pesticides, in terms of uh, habitat fragmentation. Has that been something that we've just been really terrible at on our yeah. island? Yeah, in my opinion, it is. Um, I'm, there Simply, are, there yes. are certain, yes. <laughs> I'm sure there are certain countries that are worse than others. I think probably particularly in the Western world, it's it's an issue that we face. We've it we've become so detached from nature um, that e- even having this conversation now should shouldn't really happen because we should just automatically want to um, preserve our environment, but but we don't for some reason. So we need, we need people out there educating why it's important to conserve these animals and, um, and why, why it's important on an environmental level and also to, at a human level, why it's important to us. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an important cause, I think. They're also, so also protecting insects uh, in terms of the wider questions about you know protecting biodiversity and boosting biodiversity. That's really important when it comes to climate change resilience as well, isn't it? If, if our landscapes are much better homes for wildlife and, and wildlife is thriving, they're actually going to be able to better handle the threats that are coming more often and more frequently with, with climate change. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, again, that's, that's just that's a LinkedIn factor, I guess. Um, and it just goes to show why it's so important. Um, and and if we're gonna combat climate change, we need we need all the help we can get. And if we can if we can um, use the natural world and use insects in this case in particular to help that, um, then obviously that's massively beneficial to us and them. So there are, there's so many positives to conserving insects in particular. One of which being simply, even if you ignored all of that. I think a view that I share with you is they're just really cool. Yeah, yeah. They're they're so amazing. They're so diverse. Like this morning, so I I wouldn't say that I've you know really gotten into insects this year because I definitely don't have the same knowledge level that you do. But I've definitely, I think, possibly because of lockdown and, and spending much more time paying attention to the little things in the garden rather than going out and searching for different birds mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it's I've started paying a lot more attention to the butterflies and the moths and all of the little things and the caterpillars. And I've just absolutely fallen in love with them. You can some, like, if you watch the same one for a certain amount of time, you can watch its life cycle. You can watch its character. You can see how they are adapted to things. It's fascinating. And this morning, I very excitingly saw my first Jersey tiger moth sat on my tomato oh, plants. Wow. <laughs> and I, there was nobody in the house, but I was just there like, oh my God, they're amazing. They're so beautiful. And a lot of people I think think, oh, moths are kind of rubbish. Mm-hmm. They only fly at night. They're really plain. They're really boring. But it, this was so striking. It was really, really vibrant, black and white monochrome kind of. And just to see it sat on a leaf in front of me, it didn't mind me sticking my phone and, and my camera in front of it for half an hour, just watching it. You're like, how can anyone not want to preserve exactly. this amazing diversity of life? Yeah, no, I completely get it. And then... Um... Sorry to bring it back to Bugface, but that was one of the re- that was one of the realizations I had. Um, most guests were, you know, petrified of the the insect to start with, but once they'd had it on their face, once they'd handled it, they were actually really intrigued and they wanted to hold it again and they were they wanted me to tell them about more about the insect. So I guess it just goes to show that if you if people are exposed to these things, then they don't fear them, and and maybe it's the fear that's driving the hatred for the insects. I guess you know insects. The particular insects, I guess, are not very popular um, in society, and for no particular reason. Um, so, I guess if we can if we can expose people to them and make them realise that they're they're really cool, they have important beneficial um, 
things they do for us, then we can hopefully change the opinions. And then if people's opinions change, hopefully the likelihood of them wanting to do something about it will as well. Yeah, I think that's really important. The lack of exposure and the lack of understanding and kind of education around. I mean, it's the same just with the environment in general. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we've become so disconnected to our natural world that there's, you know, there's little feeling of need to want to conserve it and preserve it. So, yeah, I think everything that you're doing, everything that Lloyd and I try and do with our really tiny podcast audience anyway, is to try and just encourage more feelings of connection with the natural world. And to, to understand, like you said, everything it does for us, how much we need it, how much it needs us. And just to, I, do, I do firmly believe that if people spend more time understanding and connecting with nature, they'd want to do more about ensuring it has a future and a good future. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I feel I think we need to live more in, um, I guess, symbiosis with nature um, and realise that we're we're part of the I like we're, it. We're part like of it. the ecosystem. I really like that. I'm going to pinch that. You're going to hear that in future episodes. I'm going to pass that off to my own symbiosis with nature. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to steal it, put it on a t-shirt, and sell it. I think. <laughs> Go for it. So um, I'm going to be uh, very professional here and link what we're talking about back to a past episode. So we've just been talking uh, very recently about um, uh, lockdown um, and the way in which people have in many ways had a chance to reconnect with nature Mm -hmm. again so do you think um it has offered uh lockdown um in general has offered people more of a chance to get out in nature and enjoy it and do you think that's something that can change in people's behavior uh, and outlook could last um i think so i like to think on the optimistic side of things so I, i definitely think that um um it could could have a lasting impact um i think people i I guess the one of the benefits of lockdown like say it's given more people more time and they haven't in gen in general i'm sure the people that have um but they've they haven't had to keep up with their busy um schedule of life like they normally would do so they've had time to i don't know sit in their gardens or go to the park for their you know one hour of daily exercise or whatever and witness all these amazing things that we're aware of because we've got a passion for this but a lot of people um, would just walk past this on their everyday lives and now now they're they're seeing these sights for themselves they're hearing the chirping noises of the grasshoppers in the grass they're hearing the birds and um, seeing all the wildflowers and things like that and it and the studies have shown that it has massive impacts on our own health whether that be physical health or mental health and um, so so yeah I really hope that it will be sustained and that we will have as a, as a general population will have more interest in wildlife and in conserving um, all wildlife so I'm optimistic. I think we need yeah, that. Good. We need more optimism yeah, yeah, in the face yeah. of everything that's going on. It's great. How was lockdown for you? It, you all right? Yeah, it was okay. Um, I, I went, uh, luckily I went home, well, I went home just before lockdown started. So I was able to lock down with my family. Um, so oh, that, that helped things, I guess. I wasn't um, too lonely or anything. Um, but I'm back. Were you just um, terrorising them with, with bugs on their faces with, yeah, without yeah, any, yeah, any guests? <laughs> chasing them around the house with bugs Um, (laughs) but yeah no it's it's been it's been all right I guess I'm I'm a lucky one as well because I've had um some work so it hasn't been awful for me um but I'm aware that that comes from a place of privilege um and not everyone's been that privileged but but yeah it's been all right oh good good um okay well let's let's bring it let's bring it back to um we always like to kind of after we've unpacked an issue and and done all the negative um stats spraying yeah. um we like to have a look at 
you know what we can do and and in some of our other episodes particularly we've talked about butterflies before we talked about bees and okay. we've talked about kind of um the importance of insects in the food um, production process and so we we have kind of said before a lot of the you know at home how to try and make your personal patch better for well particularly pollinators yeah, not yeah. not necessarily all insects but there's quite a lot of other things you can do which i think would be quite interesting um and the wildlife trust who you actually work with quite frequently don't yeah you? yeah um, a few bits with them they've released um a couple of guides for a making your home and your own patch more uh, insect friendly but also as a community how you can try and make a, a bit more of a, a wider change and a bigger impact on a slightly bigger scale um beyond the boundaries of your own little tiny patch yeah yeah no, absolutely. Um, I mean, so like you say, the Wildlife Trust have got that um, document you can go and download for all these loads of ideas and things you can do. Um, but but it's things like, um, so take, for example, like roadside verges that are just wasted, really. You could grow wildflowers there, which would um, benefit pollinators, benefit all sorts of insects. Um, I guess education plays a role as well. So teaching these things at schools, um, that would help on a community level. Um, so teaching... All, everything we've been discussing really why it's important to conserve insects um and getting i feel like getting kids interested is important because they're the future um so mm. maybe um setting up like like those things you said about that you're doing your own gardens you could also do them in schools so make wildlife ponds um set up um log piles things like that so just basically like like um insect friendly gardening practices in schools not just schools but all sorts of community um centers and places like that um i guess reducing like like i say pesticides is a big one so reducing those in those sort of places and also things like allotments would help um but then i guess we also need to do something on a bigger scale and this comes under like the the government scale i guess um so there needs to be some sort of in my opinion some sort of act put into place to um help with more sustainable farming measures because farming's a a big contributor to um insect decline right now um Mm. so if we can do that so encourage encourage the use of reduced pesticide usage um encourage using more hedgerows so that and hedgerows are great because they reduce that habitat fragmentation issue that we was talking about because they allow animals to get from one habitat to another um so yeah, things like that. And even even on a smaller scale, um so if you if like a more species specific scale, things like things like glowworms, um they they suffered a lot because so glow so the female glowworms obviously glow, it's in their name. Um they have that bioluminescence mm-hmm. and they use that as like a um a way of attracting the male. So they have they have a special chemical inside them called luciferin, I think. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and that reacts with oxygen to create that glow and the males see that and breed. But what had been happening was that a lot of these males were getting attracted to streetlights instead. Um, so they weren't breeding oh. as much and that obviously had big issues on the population numbers. Uh, but what uh, what can be done and what has been done in many areas of Wales, I believe, is switching to LED streetlights. And uh, for some reason that doesn't attract male glowworms. So, so even small things like that on a community level can have big impacts on specific um, species. So there are lots of things that can be done. I think it just—it's just a case of not getting too overwhelmed because there's so much information out there and so many things that you can do. It's important just to take one step at a time and don't get overwhelmed. Uh, but it's also quite nice that there's so much you can do as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. Don't try and take on absolutely everything. 
at once. Exactly. Try and break it down into manageable. You know, see see who you know around you. See if you know if you if you know the local kind of the people at the church. Maybe you can persuade them, or the, the if you know the local primary school, maybe again you can persuade them to include it in education or to leave parts of their grounds mm-hmm. at, um, wild. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. But um, and you know you could obviously write to government and um try and write to your local MP to try and push things, but also getting in touch with your local council on a slightly smaller scale or local groups which are interested in things like road verges or um, like switch-off campaigns yeah, with streetlights, yeah. like you said, because it's, it's not just glowworms, and it, is it like quite a lot of insects, um, particularly night flyers, get really confused by having artificial light um, just on all the time during the, during the night, especially during the winter, when they're used to having a predominantly dark environment. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. There's so many, so many things that can be done. I think, um, and I think, I think things. It's not all doom and gloom, you know. Things, things are being done. It's just, it, I think, it, we need to be more aware of it um, in a general sense. Like, um, we all need to be more, made more aware of things that we can do, um, not just in our own gardens, like you say, but also on a community level. Yeah, it's it's not all gloom and doom. I like yeah. that. I was reading a story. So recently, um, in the last couple of months or so, the um, the Bee Lines project, which has been, uh, I think it was Bug Life and Defra were working on that to create a, a network. If you look at the UK and you see where the kind of um, depleted areas are in terms of available habitat for insects, mm-hmm. creating a joined up network. And it, it does look like a road network um, of habitat, which is good for insects, um, has finally been completed, and they've they've announced it. So you know the bee lines are open, <laughs> um, but it was just a really good way, like you said, of of, of trying to combat things like habitat fragmentation, yeah. but on a really really big scale. And I was so excited to see this project actually come to fruition because it's one thing doing it in our cities, still brilliant mm-hmm. if you're popping um, like boxes of flowers everywhere, still fantastic. But to actually see something been invested in that's across England and Wales, I was just, I was delighted. Yeah, no, it just, it just goes to show that it's, it's not all doom and gloom, I guess. And um, I mean, along that note, I think, so we, we've obviously spoken about like insect decline and how big of an issue it is. Um, but I think it's important to know um, it's particularly an issue to land dwelling insects. So, so I think there at the moment, there'd be the decline in land-based insects worldwide is just under 1% a year, I believe. Um, but if you look at aquatic insects, so like freshwater species, it's actually in general, um, so on average, it's rising by about 1% a year. And they think um, that's largely down to legislation that's been put in place uh, in certain areas to reduce water pollution, um, so improve water quality. So I think that's quite that's quite nice because it shows that um, legislation can have an impact. So if we if we do use that on our land-based insects, it could hopefully also improve uh, their chances of survival and boost their numbers. So I think that's quite nice to to know. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm glad you touched on water because I think a lot of people. Um, there's just been so much in the press about you know making gardens insect friendly by putting flowers out, but actually one of the really important habitats that you could also create are ponds mm-hmm. um, because. Uh, you know, if you, you can't necessarily create a big lake or a river or a, a wetland in your garden, but you can try and protect those in your local environment. But actually having a water source available um, is essential because it's a, it's a really key part of most or quite a lot of insects life cycles, isn't it? A lot of them will breed in water. They'll exist as larvae in water. So dragonflies and things like that. And if we're constantly depleting our water sources, if there's less available to be used and if the ones that are around are full of pesticides or runoff from um, agricultural practices, then we're stopping them before they can even get started. Yeah. So that's a really, really good way of 
trying to help boost the, the next generations yeah, of them. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess this links into the whole food chain thing, but it's, it's not um, having a water source in your garden, so like a pond, however little, like every little helps. Um, it, like you say, it's such a vital part for um, insect life cycles, but that also provides a food source for loads of other species of animals. Um, so, so it's not just, I guess this is, this is why it's not just insects who would suffer if they declined. It's every living thing on earth, really. So... So yeah, having having a pond in your garden is great, however small, because it it improves the quality of life for so many animals. And did you say there was a a document from the Wildlife Trust on on things people can do? Is that yeah, right? Um, I, yeah, on their website, I think you go to you can download like a um, little package thing that's like it's a little document that it tells people um, it gives a bit of information about what kind of things you can do on a community level and also in your gardens um so i guess it's, it's a lot of the stuff we've covered but i think it goes into a bit more depth with specific things um and maybe i think Fantastic. there's a lot of fun that fun things kids can do as well so so yeah it's a good thing to download yeah, it's I'm, called action for insects and we'll put the link in the description you say kids Absolutely. but i'm sure i'll find it good fun as well <laughs> oh i yeah. loved reading it i was like yep i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that it's great no it's brilliant We're all yeah big kids uh, do you know what we haven't done? So, we forgot something. Yeah. Oh, good, we're on the yeah, same page. Yeah, we realised at the same time, didn't we? At the very beginning of the episode, Yusuf, we always start with one question, and that question being, what one good thing have you done this week? <laughs> now, I did give you a heads up that we were going to ask you this. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, have you have you come prepared? I've got do you an have anything that you've done? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. What one good thing have you done this week slash recently? Um, I guess it, um, it, that you can share with everyone. It does link into all this, I guess, um, and it's it's more something um, I haven't done that I have done, um, and that's how, that is we haven't mown the lawn. So we've we've created mm. a kind of. Um, natural habitat for lots of different um, animals i'm not too sure how keen the neighbors are but the wildlife is loving it um it's teeming with insects at the moment and we've had some hedgehog visitors uh, we, oh, wow. we've set up a camera trap and we've even seen a badger on it so it's certainly certainly wow. doing well i have got um three bites on my ankle at the moment though they're itching me so i got <laughs> from, from the hedgehogs today uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. In- no, it was actually the badger. Insects. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how grateful they are, but but I guess it's it's the thought that counts. Um, That's you learning to live in symbiosis with nature. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very nice. That's that's really good. Yeah, I like that. There's um, a lot of campaigns, especially in the spring, aren't there? For no mo may yeah. is a good mm. one by Plant Life yeah. to try and get people to do that, which is brilliant. Very oh, nice. Wow. My lawn is far too small, and it, so it doesn't get mown anyway. <laughs> okay. But it, it doesn't okay, do a great deal. Every every little helps, and I'm sure there's <laughs> plenty of insects who are loving that lawn. They are. I've got a, I've got a massive honeysuckle and uh, lots of lavender. So those are my two. Oh, um, nice, yeah. they're, they're literally covered in bees at the moment, which is just brilliant. I love going to sit out there and um, just just watch them all doing their thing. Yeah. Um, what about you, Lloyd? What have you been up to? And we do flip and love bees. <laughs> um, mine. Um, do you remember? Uh, I was saying um, recently that I've got a smart meter in the house. Yes. So um, it was also pointed out to me recently that um, sometimes I have a habit of putting a bit too much water in the kettle. Um, I mean, like last season we did that episode on water conservation as well. Um, and I was feeling quite smug because I was like, I don't really take any baths. I don't, um, why is that much water? And I realised it's just like the simple act of tea brewing um, I tend to put a bit too much water in the kettle, so I've, I'm trying now. I've decided I'm trying now to measure out the water in a mug, pour it into the kettle that way. So, <laughs> got no excuses. That is dedication. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. That, I mean, I mean that, that sort of falls by the wayside when it's like 
you know, making teas for huge groups of people. Not that I've got many friends or that people can come around at the moment, but um, if it's just for me, especially. <laughs> especially now we're all home a lot more as well. I'm drinking a lot more tea. I get bored mm. and then I'll just go and make a tea out of boredom, I find. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just because it's become an activity. But mine's actually kind of related. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't coordinate ours in any way, but mine also harks back to the water scarcity episode. So it's been really sunny for the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, we haven't actually had a great deal of rain and, and I've got a, a water butt from the roof, which I use to um, okay. kind of water yeah, all yeah. of my vegetables because I've become slightly obsessed with growing vegetables. <laughs> um, and they're very thirsty. They need a lot of water. And I'm not going to just run the tap to water them all when there's nothing in the rain. But so I have been saving my shower water and um, <laughs> ferrying it out into the garden down the stairs in buckets trying not to slosh it all over the house to put it in the rain but so that I can uh, water my plants with that grey water instead of fresh water because it's just it's it's silly it's silly we're wasting so much water by showering I like it it's great that is dedication not that not that I'm saying don't shower (laughs) (laughs) that's another option (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's that was that was my one good thing this week uh, which I will continue to do while it's boiling hot (laughs) fantastic Okay, good. Well, that's that seems like a, a good place to kind of to to wrap it up. Yeah, we're we're going to leave it on the message of don't shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yusuf, where can people find you when they when they inevitably want more from you? Um, if you want more from me, you can head over to my Instagram, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm the Zoology Guy. Uh, Facebook, I'm just Yusuf Rafiq Wildlife. Um, and then if you want to watch any bug face or wild bites. Uh, you can head over to the BBC Earth Kids YouTube channel and it's all on there. And it's definitely great for adults oh, as well. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's I, will, I will attest to that. <laughs> Seeing Thank TikTok you. stars <laughs> screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Lloyd, where can people find us? Can you remember any of our um, handles? No, so I'm going to throw it back to you. Um, <laughs> we're, we're on all of them. Uh, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> except tiktok <laughs> we're not except that's TikTok. the dragon that we're not willing yeah, to we're not, we're not on tiktok uh, we're not on microsoft teams um <laughs> where we are on um facebook uh yes just search for for what it's earth podcast you can search us on instagram at for what it's earth pod uh twitter at what earth pod or if you fancied a more in-depth conversation uh you can send us a lovely email at for what it's earth podcast at gmail.com amazing Yusuf thank you so much for joining us uh, I learned a lot uh, it it's been a real pleasure yeah, no, thank, thank you for having me it's been great thank you for inviting me on no no anytime welcome loved it okay and as always don't forget that all of the views that we've expressed here are our own they're not representative of any of our employers or anyone we may or may not be associated with so if you have a problem with anything we've said which you shouldn't because we've just been saying very nice things about insects take it up with shout us shout at us <laughs> we will see you in a couple of weeks for next episode Bye. Bye. Bye.